Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey you, welcome to the Big Little Business Show. I'm Paul Mumford and there's the lovely Claire Horsley. And I have to say, Claire, I'm a little bit, little bit delicate today. Why? Well, I kind of had a bit of a, a weekend of excess. And for mm. me, my weekends of excess, probably not the same as your weekends of I excess. I doubt it very much. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you like a wee gin and tonic, don't you? Sometimes. Occasionally. Yeah, so, Occasionally. yeah when I let myself go, it might be sort of a couple of glasses of cider across a weekend rather than a, a vat of gin and tonic. So, um, so I'm feeling it's down. I'm a little bit delicate, so you have to be gentle with me. Have you got the shakes? You know when you wake up after a weekend of kind of overdoing it a little bit and you just feel a little bit... Meh. Do you know what I mean? Just don't feel right. You feel like you almost you almost need a couple of days of sort of clean eating and drinking lots of water just to sort of flush <laughs> it out of your system. Yeah, so I'm on my third pint of water already today. Water. <laughs> We're doing something different today, aren't we? We are. We're talking to the same person together. Today we heard from Chris. Uh, Chris James from Seed... It's a great name. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Today we heard from Chris James from CJ Creates, and he was been talking. He was talking to us about the power of branding. Yeah, and that's so important. Branding is such an essential part of any business, and getting that right can be uh, incredibly powerful. And getting it wrong can be a bit catastrophic. See, I can't even talk. <laughs> Why can't we speak? I've got an excuse. I don't know whether you have. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just actually really hot and bothered because I can't open my window because someone's cutting their grass and it will be recorded on on here. Let, let, let's get into it because we sound a lot better then than we, we do now. <laughs> this is the Big Little Business Show. I come away 17 years ago now from university. We were 2-1 in graphic design, um, which mm-hmm. is kind of one off of the first, um, frustratingly. <laughs> but... Um, I've been applying my know-how and expertise over the last 17 years in design, working for clients such as Mercedes-Benz, Lucasade, Nike, to name a few of the more well-known ones. Um, And in those 17 years, the most consistent theme that I've had run through, or the the most the thread that's run through all of this, has been branding. um, Yeah. Which which is kind of which led me on to where I am now, which is running my own branding agency called CJ Creates and I want to kind of take that top level thinking and apply that to small medium sized businesses whether they're local or just that little bit further afield. I think it might be a good idea to try and establish what we mean by branding because for some people that might mean putting a hot plate against a cow's bum or something like that but (laughs) but how would you define branding? The common misconception I get a lot is that people always say well I've got a logo so I've got my brand uh, or, uh, you know, I've, I've been marketing and it's been quite successful, um, so I don't need any sort of branding. It is a logo, but in essence, it's more than that. It, it can go across everything that your brand touches, which I call touch points, and that can be packaging, typography, websites, but it also conveys things like customer service, price, quality and values. Without like a substance and clear strategy, designing a brand is almost impossible. So what we set ourselves up as branding specialists and we like to align all of these different components together in a clear and consistent way so that customers or, or the client's customers get to see beyond a price and a product and they connect with the business on a personal level. And ultimately that, that is branding. Um, branding invokes emotion um, and that makes people 
buy into your brand and, and come back to your brand time and time again. Marketing is what you tell people and branding is what people think about you. People relate and can respond to emotion in, in business and that people buy into, I believe, you know, the feeling that they have when they look at a business or they're looking to explore, you know, utilising your service, services. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you if you think of a brand as a person um, and a brand, you know, they, they have like ideas, a tone of voice, they have a personality essentially. And if you can convey that personality in, in everything you do, people, like I say, will buy from you and will mm. connect with you on, a, on, on another level that makes you more, um, more appealable to those people. I like the way you've done that, Chris, and said and related it back to a person because for some people you might immediately think as the brand that you're saying being someone's logo, so that might be the T-shirt they're wearing, but it's not about the T-shirt they're wearing. It's about how they walk. It's about how they talk, how they think, how they behave. It's yeah, it's everything that that, that encompasses that person, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the logo is probably the most consistent and viewed point of a brand. It comes under a point of brand identity which uh is the logo it's the the typeface it's the colorways because colors evoke emotion as well you know there's different colors relate to different things and there's for a financial advisor you would never use red for instance because it has a negative connotation within that like environment so it all kind of ties together and and like say a logo is the most common thing that you would associate with a brand so therefore it, it, that's where the misconception comes of oh I've got a logo so I've got a brand what do people say to you so if you say I can offer you some branding advice um, I can offer you some tips as to how you can promote your business what sort of responses do you get um well so normally what we do is is we would um do a little mini brand audit depending on on what the client is, is after but that kind of asks key questions when I sort of say that to people they begin to understand more about how they sort of set their company up what their values are what their mission statement is mm. um, how they want to be perceived how they currently are perceived what target audience do they want to uh, to identify with the most and these are all things that you kind of need to much in like when you do a marketing campaign, you, you want to identify goals and set up um, KPIs to measure that marketing campaign and make sure you get a return on investment. I guess it's, it's also about understanding the audience as well, isn't it? The starting point for any marketing strategy is to understand the audience. And that comes down to branding as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the, a lot of people tend to go into the marketing um, with a clear idea of who they want to target and how they want to do it. But um, it, you need to kind of strip it back another level and, and before that, understand overall the brand that you want to achieve and who you want to target. Um, the best way of kind of thinking about that is, is branding is, is organic and, and, and is how whilst we can't control what people think, we can influence that and we can help um, portray ourselves in, in a great way. And marketing is kind of like, an injection or, or something that you want to tell someone about, or there's a new product on, on, on offer and you want to make a big loud noise about that. Whereas branding is kind of like the, the thread that runs consistent throughout. And it, it's like a steady stream of, of emotional input that you put into your brand and people can relate to. And then you start to get followers and you start to get people that want to invest in that brand. And the, mm. the best case in point would be Apple. I don't know when the first uh, 
tablet come out now but before tablets everyone either had a laptop or, or the phone and even the phone they kind of reinvented and you know had all the apps and stuff so i remember when the ipad first came out and steve jobs did his his little thing on stage where he was bigging up this new new creation and i remember watching this and thinking why would anyone want a big <laughs> iphone <laughs> yeah and that's their mission statement at the very beginning when they set out was that they want to leave the world in a better place than when they founded and they positioned that in a market that no one even thought they needed. And their brand is so powerful and they have so many people that follow them that they just took on board what they said and, and did it blindly and took a, a leap of faith. And, and now, you know, everyone is playing catch up. And even um, Steve Jobs, you know, he was like a, an ambassador for the brand. You know, he owned Apple, but no one did key point presentations and things like that to the scale that they do now. And what's really clever about that is, I know it is almost becoming a, an Apple podcast, but what's <laughs> really important, well, I mean, yeah, we're on the Apple platform, so we might as well big them up. Steve Jobs is synonymous with Apple, and I don't think anyone's done that to that degree. I think the only other person I can think of who did do that to a degree was Alan Sugar with Amstrad years ago. Um, but that's a really clever thing to do, isn't it? Because you're relying your product with a person. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I guess I guess the most relevant one today would be Elon Musk and Tesla and, and, you know, he's kind of your brand ambassador for those. But, um, and what we tend to do is we take that level of thinking and we say to, to our clients and stuff that you need kind of those band ambassadors, those fonts of knowledge, those people that you want to put as influencers for your brand. And this interesting, it comes down to again, trust, doesn't it? It comes down to if you have trust in, in, you know, whatever it is in business, really, that you're investing your time and equally your money into. Um, yeah, that's where the, where the trust element comes from it. And actually, I'm just thinking about uh, listening to you talking about Amstrad. Um, I don't actually remember Amstrad. Shush. <laughs> okay, but... Um... Help, help me out here, Chris. Help me out. <laughs> it is Alan Michael Sugar trading, that's what Amstrad is. <laughs> I oh, Jesse yeah. knows. Yeah, I don't feel, don't feel so old now. <laughs> would, would you give any advice to other business owners if they're looking at reviewing their branding? Or do you maybe think that it's good practice to actually embed that as part of your business strategies to look at to see what's working to review it so often i'm not on the premise of always saying to people you need to rebrand because there's a time and a place for a rebrand mm. um like you've mentioned it there is, is sometimes when you kind of um i've got a brand for 10 11 17 years let's say that um the brand doesn't work as what it should do anymore um it's kind of gone back to time when it worked for print but it's like there's so many different touch points that brands have to go across now like we mentioned with like little icons in terms of social media profiles mm. and you need to be able to make it to work there so it's not necessarily a rebrand it might be a little bit of a, a fine tuning as it were to be able to pull out things that work you mean more like an evolution of the existing brand yeah yeah i mean you should really you should only ever rebrand when you kind of you've come to the conclusion that your your business has evolved and adapted beyond what the original mission statement was and you haven't looked at that in a while and you kind of don't align with those and normally that comes about when people are trying to kind of break that glass ceiling and go on to the next level and they can't and they don't know why so i'm working with a charity at the moment and they had their branding already done it it, it wasn't um terrible you know there, there was things that we could do with it and make it work better we wanted to identify why they couldn't connect with corporates we help re-energize that that brand and we put across things like where we put the subject matters and we cut those out of pictures 
And then for businesses, we reverse the colorway. So the, the main colors was this bright lime green and a, and a sort of slate gray. Um, and whilst that's great for consumers because it stands out and it grabs your attention and it's bright and colorful, for a corporate, we wanted to feel a bit more slicker and a bit more polished and, and have like where the content is key rather than the way it looks. So we switched the colors around and we have like a slate gray with a lime sort of pull out highlighter. So it's all a bit more subdued and it's a bit more elegant and classy. And, and then the message comes across. That's interesting because you talked about colors there and I was actually going to ask you about colors. Is there any particular colors that, you know, you would say, I mean, maybe it's not such a straightforward question that maybe would relate to certain industries more appropriately? than others colors an emotional thing isn't it yeah no 100 and i mean it you've got you've got your basic palette but then you've got tints of those as well that can draw down even even more so you're right in a financial sense red can mean kind of negative context but it also like in sport it's great because it, it it's like power excitement strength uh, passion and energy um and what some teams do um is they paint the um, away team's dressing room in more of a, a weaker colour that doesn't invoke those emotions. The other thing that I picked up on that we were talking about earlier on was how placement is important, how that's evolved, As whereas 20 years ago uh, it was pretty much a, a print environment, now it's a digital environment, so you need to think about having logos that work in square rather than in rectangle and uh, all those kind of little things you need to think about. So let's have a fourth one, a fourth thing that people need to think about when they're thinking about how they want to represent themselves in their new company and maybe pick up uh on on their own branding all right so remind me of the things that we've just spoke about so i don't go over them so we've got um we talked about color yep uh, and, and we got... talked about um understanding your audience and yeah that marketing 101 thing and then we talked about um placement. positioning so placement where you know thinking about where it's going to go yep so another one which is is kind of not used is is tone of voice um tone of voice is massive um whilst that's not a visual thing per se it, it's it's one of the the next things once you look at something you then start to read about it and if it is again it's disjointed from what the visual is saying then you can kind of fall apart from that point so they say like um the picture speaks a thousand words so you want to kind of a lot of people tend to say when you go on social media you attach whatever post you do with an image because an image will capture that attention and it senses uh, tends to say a lot more then what the, the post copy will. And then you can take it on another stage and say video. Video even speaks even more because you can convey a lot more in there. But then if your tone of voice, which is like the post, the written piece of post and the way you speak in and applying things, um, then you can kind of fall flat. So for me, being in a creative environment, I, I, can, I kind of get a little bit more leanway in the way I present myself and the way I talk. Whereas if you're talking to someone uh, within a position of authority, like, like a financial advisor, you want to have a clear kind of structured conversation and you know kind of the points that you're touching on and you can see a clear path to how they want to... Um, how they want you to kind of work with them and what is required of you and what's required of them. And it's a lot more formal, whereas my conversations would be a lot more informal and we could do it over a cup of coffee and, and you, cause it's a bit more fun and a bit more lighthearted. So tone of voice is, is really important um, and how you do it. And then I, I guess just one as an extra bonus is, is those images. Um, so visually how you look in terms of just your logo, but also the way you represent yourself in imagery. Um, 
you can use stock imageries, uh, which are like libraries that have built up a pre-collection of existing photography and you can type keywords in and pull that image in to help talk and convey the message that you're trying to get across. What I tend to do with those is take those on a step further. We, we tend to, to brand those in a way that lend themselves to that uh, client or that business um, because then you've got a unique way that you represent your imagery and, and over time you can kind of see how either colour or the use of, of a certain brand mark overlaid on the picture can kind of build up a, a library of imagery. If you go on like social media and you go on like Coca-Cola or um, Glamour magazine, uh, you look at those different social medias. If you look at their grid-like structure and you look down the page, you'll see that it's a wash with just like two or three colours minimum. Yeah. And, and, and that's how they kind of resonate their images and affix those to the brand you're so right it's, it becomes it becomes subliminally familiar doesn't it yeah yeah and, and you kind of make connotations based on those colors with that brand so you know like no other soft drink tends to use red as much because it's sort of synonymous with coca-cola so you tend to stay away from those because otherwise you just kind of get um sort of part part of the parcel with them and you kind of set back from there and you're never going to win against them because they're just a brand powerhouse so mm. you tend to try and look at other colors that's um i was just thinking chris actually i was going to say um just before we, we we go into the last part of the interview is uh keeping yourself current um I've, I've taken i've just made some notes actually you know keeping yourself current and also your unique selling points as a business how you convey that through through your branding and you talked about emotion um and uh, yeah, my logo for, for my my business is the globe with the hands around it, which I hope creates a sense of support and community. So um, and the colours blue, I'm pretty I'm pretty chuffed about that because uh, when you mentioned about blue, it was the trust and the loyalty. So yeah, that's that. Brownie points for Claire. Yay! Star gold gold star for me. <laughs> Look, we we always finish our little a little chats with uh, five questions, which are inspired by a TV show that I used to watch. Um, well, it didn't end that long ago you might be familiar with it it's called inside the actor's studio are you familiar with this uh i think so i think it's the one on, i don't know where they talk to the actors against a backdrop and it's a guy with a beard that's it yeah james lipton his name was and he always finished with 10 questions and they're always the same questions so we've kind of taken our inspiration from that and thought we fire some questions at you just to get a little bit of an idea of uh, about what goes on in your head and uh just to, just to have a little bit of a laugh at the end of the conversation so are you ready I am ready. I think. What's your, <laughs> you think? What's What's your favourite smell? Uh, coffee. I can't live without it, and in the morning, that's the first thing that gets me going. Instant or proper? Proper. It has to be proper. Instant. And it, is it always proper? So you could you you could never go to instant. No, I couldn't go back to instant. I, I sometimes when I go and consult in agencies and there's just instant, I have to make do. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I'm, I've become a bit of a coffee snob, unfortunately. But it, yeah, that's my passion and hobby in life. It's good coffee. So, so Chris, the next question is, um, what is your favourite biscuit? Uh, yeah, I, I well, I used to love hobnobs, chocolate hobnobs. What happened? Mm. I, I built up a dairy intolerance and I can't have chocolate anymore. Oh, and, uh, no. Yeah. And the normal ones just don't cut it. That You know, it needs a slice of chocolate on it. So I don't have as many biscuits anymore. Interestingly enough, the, the Oreo ones, they don't use milk. So I can have those. And of course, uh, you can pull those it. apart because you can't just eat them. You can, yeah. And you can dip them in your coffee. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so hungry. Can we stop talking about biscuits? <laughs> 
okay, right, let's fire another one your way. Your favourite movie? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't have a favourite movie. I have a, like a, a really powerful memory of a movie. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so, like, I, I'm one of these people that I, I rarely watch the same movie twice. I'll watch it and then that'll be enough for me. I can't go back. Whereas my brother, I used to grow up watching Terminator 2 over and over again um, because he would sit and watch it over and over again. I, I just can't do that. So my, my favourite movie from a from a memory point of view, it have to be The Shawshank Redemption. I I, I remember, well, this, this has been annoying, but I remember missing a couple of lessons in like my last year of school you know when you have like a couple of free lessons and then i think we had one lesson at the end of the day you think you can but get away missed... with it a bit more because school's nearly over yeah 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 <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with that no idea no idea what you mean i've lost about that <laughs> and then we we kind of me and a couple of mates we stayed um around one of our mates house and we put that film on and we were all like there's the, the four of us i think 16 year old boys and we were transfixed by this film and just watched it from start to finish and it was kind of one of those films it, it's more regular now but it, it was kind of one of those ones where they the timeline's a bit backwards and forwards and you kind of don't quite know what's going on and yeah that definitely is one of my most memorable movies uh final one if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates well hopefully i'd like him to say welcome and you're not at the wrong place that would be a good start <laughs> you're supposed to be downstairs <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh i I'd, I'd i've been expecting you would be nice i guess oh that would be a bit sinister wouldn't it well <laughs> it, it, i guess i guess it's because I've, would he be I've rubbing learned... his hands i've been expecting <laughs> you <laughs> well i was i was taking it more of the view that he, i've led a full life and it was kind of coming towards its end and and he'd been waiting around for me to come but <laughs> uh, okay no i could see see your point there yeah well, that so, actually yeah, no. sounded a little bit premeditated <laughs> yeah it did yeah he's, he's orchestrated a, a couple of things to go on that's gone on that way but yeah as long as he doesn't say you're in the wrong place well, yeah, that'd yeah. be good Oh, that was great fun and so interesting. So many great... It's a, branding is a really um, interesting topic for me and I, I love talking about it and I love how it's evolved and it, it, and it, it's a constant evolution. And, and in 17 years, we'll, I no doubt if we met up again and had this kind of conversation, it would be completely different. So thank you for all your insights. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much, Chris. Should we have a final little shout out? So give us a little plug so people can come and find you if they want to uh, have a chat with you about their own brand. Yeah, sure. So, um, oh, let me see. So if you, uh, you know, we help brands and businesses discover and market their true value. So even if, you know, if you're an established brand looking to create something radical and fresh or you're a startup looking to succeed, um, come along and, and sort of check us out. Um, my web address is cjcreates.co.uk um, and I'm on social media as well. Brilliant, Chris. Thank you very much. No, thank you. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. That was a really powerful message as to how important, how you portray yourself to your clients through the use of branding. What did you think? There was a lot of really important stuff there. I like the whole thing he was talking about how um, you shouldn't change your logo and change your branding overnight. It should be an evolution because people get used to the way things look. 
and uh, he was talking about Coke and he was talking about Apple uh, and you think about all those big companies and how they never really completely rebrand. It's an evolution. I'm sure if you looked at your looked at their branding now and maybe looked at it 20 years ago, it would look completely different. But it didn't just change overnight from one thing to the next. Yeah, exactly. And also as well, the changes in the last 17 years since Chris has been in the industry um, and how our digital world has completely changed. Massive. So let me think. So 20, 17 years ago, what, where were we? They were sort of 2003. Mass has never been my strong point. Over to you. No, me either. It took me a little while to work that one out, I have to say, but don't like to talk about it. I mean, websites and, and the internet was a, was a thing, but I mean, nowhere near. You didn't have any social media. You might have had MySpace. Do you remember MySpace? Yes. That was really it as far as social media concern yes. was concerned. I'm not even sure whether YouTube was around then. I don't know. Um, I was looking through some photos, actually, on my phone um, the other day, and it came up with my one of my first posts back in 2007. Wow. And then I thought to myself, what did I do before 2007? I just looked it up. Yeah, YouTube founded in 2005, so 17 years ago, YouTube didn't exist. Can you imagine? Yeah, so that was an interesting conversation, and interesting to see how it's all evolved and how important branding is, and it is really important to get right. So every week, we give a shout-out to a business who has been engaging on our social media posts, and we would like to big up who this week, Paul? Uh, we'd like to big up Tina Wing, actually. Tina Wing Photography's got in touch and told us all about her. Uh, she... Um, takes pictures of people getting married although perhaps not at the moment in our socially distant world she also takes pictures of food and uh, uh, products and you know, all kinds of things she's a lovely photographer and if you want to go and check her check her out she's at tinawingphotography.co.uk so there ended the podcast. If you want to get in touch and maybe ask a little bit more about branding or continue the conversation, you can come and find us on social media. We're at facebook.com slash show and on Instagram at show. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you get future episodes straight away, straight into your phone. And don't forget to leave us a review as well. That would be really handy. Thank you very much. See you next time. Say goodbye, Claire. Bye. The Beat. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production.